As we move from ski season to spring, it's time to get those mountain bikes out. Most ski families use season passes to make skiing more affordable and fun. If your family mountain bikes, there's a new way to save on those adventures too. Make the most of spring and summer in the mountains with Lone Pass, the premier North American mountain biking pass. Lone Pass gives you over 60 days of access to some of the best mountain biking destinations across the country. Use discount code SKIMOMS15 to save 15% off your family's Lone Pass today at LonePass.com. That's L-O-A-M-P-A-S-S dot com. Lone Pass is available in two versions, for kids ages 6 to 11 and the adult pass for ages 12 and up. The pass combines access to the most premier resorts, gets you into bike parks, and connects you to shuttle companies to get you where you need to be. It's the one pass you need to bring the best cycling to your family. Remember, you'll get two days at each of the resorts, parks, or shuttles, making the investment one that will pay off big. Remember to use code SKIMOMS15 to save 15% off your family's loan pass today. Welcome to the Ski Moms Fun Podcast. We're your hosts, Nicole and Sarah. The Ski Moms Fun Podcast is brought to you by Mabel's Labels. Smart Ski Moms know to label everything before they head to the mountain. Every mitten, every boot, and every ski pole. Visit Mabel'sLabels.com and use discount code SKIMOMS for 15% off your order. Sabina is the founder of the Connect Agency and based in California, um, Intrepid Ski Mom and snowboarding mom now <laughs> as well. Uh, and you were fascinating to research. We One of our favorite articles about you that we found was really talking about more of your immigration story, how you had somebody help bring you to the country, and then how you've really made that one of your missions at um, Connect Agency. So we want to talk about um, that as well. So thanks for joining us. Thanks so much for having me, Sarah. Nice to meet you. Nicole, you too. So we'll we'll start from the beginning of your story. Where did you learn to ski? So I learned to ski in Romania. Interesting sort of fact, Romania is uh, about the same climate as Oregon. Um, so you have very mild winters, um, ski in the mountains and, and obviously snow in the mountains. But um, in the cities, kind of a generally low, you know, nothing gets super crazy. It's not Siberia, as people are imagining. Um, and very mild summers. Um, so, yes, sometimes it gets really hot, but those are very um, few and far between. Um, so very much like Oregon, and it's about the size of Oregon, too. So very interesting uh, to kind of put it in perspective for people who don't know much about Romania. And is it like the um, the Nordic countries where it's skiing is part of the culture? Or is it more like the U.S. where some people ski and some people don't? Definitely more like the U.S. Um, you know, in obviously I've been gone for twenty plus years now, and I don't know how much of that has changed. When I grew up, it definitely was not a thing. Like people were not skiing. Um, my parents were really big into skiing. Um, and they 
became friends with a ski instructor who um, started teaching us. And this is kind of crazy that this existed, but this is, you know, 40 years ago. And they had, he had a um, a ski machine in his basement in the building that he lived in. Um, One of those machines that would like a rolling carpet that you get on with your skis and you learn how to move properly. And you have a bar that you're holding. Um, Not to mention, I learned to ski on those wooden skis that you guys see in like, old antique chalets with like the arcs behind them where you have to pull the arc and then you have to clip it in. That's what I learned to ski on. <laughs> and what, so are there resorts there? Are they day resorts or is it more of something where you would go for an overnight? What, what is the ski you know, scene like there? Um, so interestingly, Romania has a, a beautiful mountain range called the Carpathians, um, kind of a, a, almost like as a crown in the middle of the country. And then um, on the southern side of the country, on the southeast side, we're bordering the uh, Black Sea. Um, So it's really, really beautiful. You have, you know, truly no different than you would see at a Mexico resort or at a Florida resort. You know, private little beaches, all kind of split up, vendors up and down the beach, and then much the same in the mountain resort. So you have kind of a little community little restaurants, shops, uh, gaufre, you know, like little yummy waffles and things and hot chocolates and mulled wines. Um, So all of that is very much part of the culture. I think when I was learning to ski, it was probably a little bit less. I mean, it was communism. So it was definitely not as prevalent, at least for the first, you know, three years of, of sort of my skiing adventures. I think once communism lifted, there was definitely a lot more of people going and going to ski as a destination and not just like going for the day or hustling down there and not staying in the resort, which was much of what I remember as a child. And so if, if we were to go there today, though, what do you think the clientele, are they coming from all over Europe? Yeah, I don't know how much Europeans go. Europe has so much and so beautiful and so different, right? I mean, Switzerland has phenomenal skiing. Italy has amazing skiing. Obviously, Austria. So probably less so Europeans. Um, And it's a very culturally rich country. It sits at the intersection of kind of the old and the new, um, you know, you're, you're right there next to Turkey and, and Ukraine and Russia. And on the other side, you, you have the very sort of westernized countries that are so close inside, you know, the, the France and the Spain. And Romania was the birthplace of the Latin language. So it, it sat at that intersection of the Ottoman Empire and the Roman Empire. And all of the, all of the battles that, that have happened, happened on Romanian territory. So massively rich culture, massively rich, interesting um, humanities and lots of things to see. Um, I would say less so of a destination for skiing, probably. And I may be wrong, but I doubt that there's like Italians flocking to Romania to ski. Let's shift gears a little bit. Since your business is focused on storytelling and branding, I want to get your opinion. Talking about the ski industry and its marketing, because I know from our conversations that you and I don't always feel seen or represented in the marketing. So do you feel like that the ski industry, and let's talk about um, specifically, we can talk about the resorts, the West Coast resorts. Do you feel like they are doing a good job right now? Here's the thing. I think as a whole, 
it, it it's definitely been an interesting change, right? Because I, I think that it, for you and I and, and many others sort of listening who have skied for, you know, 20, 30, 40 years, we've seen the industry change a lot. Um, I think a lot of that change, um, in my opinion, has come from the snowboard industry. Um, you know, so much of the technology of, of the um, performance of the desire to do cooler things and more things. Right? But a lot of that is really possible because of so many, so many of the advancements and the challenges that, that the snowboard industry has brought to the forefront. Um, and how I think to a certain extent in skiing became a little bit cool, right? It wasn't just like an activity or a sport. It became a cool sport. Now, women and children, I think that's an interesting fact because I, I don't know that a lot of resorts are doing it necessarily right. And, you know, you still go in the stores and the merchandise is questionable at best. And there's really nothing cool for women to wear. And there's no cool t-shirts and no shirts. And everything is like male size. And you're like, do we see how I look? Because this does not quite fit. <laughs> and also who all, I mean, who spends more of the money in the stores? I mean, if they had the right um, assortment, it definitely is a conundrum to me because I, I don't get it. My husband doesn't decide where to go ski. I decide where we go ski. Um, my husband doesn't decide whether we drive or fly or, you know, rent a house or rent a condo or, you know, stay at a hotel. I decide that. Um, so there's just zero marketing to that from any of those vehicles, right? It's not the lodging, it's not the, you know, actual resort, it's not, you know, it, it's absolutely crazy to me. Can you think of instances where a brand business resort has gotten it right, where you felt like seen and appreciated? Um, I would say Whistler does do a really good job. It's not perfect, but they do a really good job. Um, they, their kids program is, is almost flawless in my opinion. Um, they do a phenomenal job. Um, they have a mid mountain for kids. So that makes a big difference because there's a place where they have lunch and all of that. They don't have to come all the way down. They do a good job. I think somebody that's done an outstanding job with marketing um, last year in particular was Big Sky. I, whoever did their marketing, did a phenomenal job. Their their graphics were on point. It was very much about like safety and wearing a mask. And even though, you know, you're out and enjoy yourself and living it, you know, when you're in line, like, you know, put on your mask and they weren't referring to obviously the traditional mask. They were referring to the skiers mask, but it was so done so well and so clean and so appreciated. Um, also, all of their marketing materials include families and children. So those two, to me, seemed really interesting. As you're talking about Big Sky, which I haven't been to, my own question would be, do you think that would be a good place for families that are newer to skiing? Yes and and no. So from a mountain perspective, yes. Big Sky is as large as Whistler and Blackcomb combined. Um, and it's in the US. It's kind of a quick jaunt away from most cities. Um, and they do have most nonstop flights from pretty much everywhere. And Bozeman Airport is literally the size of like you know, a hundred dollar bill. Like it's like this big, it's a postage stamp. There's like all of eight gates. So, so it's great and easy. The problem with Big Sky is there's just not 
a lot of accommodations. I mean, it's the Huntley and the Summit, and there really isn't a lot. I mean, you can rent, but again, the pool is so limited. This is not a resort where you're going to be able to come in and have, you know, thousands and thousands and thousands of people. Like their busy weekends are maybe 50 people in line. So it's very, very, very light. Well, I I have heard from their marketing programs that there's more acres per skier than any other, whereas some resorts, it's skiers per acre. It's the reverse here. So one great thing about Big Sky is you really don't have that fear factor of getting mowed over. So if you are a beginner and if you have, you know, the fear of that scraping ice sound of someone, you know, barreling down on you, that doesn't really exist at Big Sky. Yeah. Sounds wonderful. Do you have favorite restaurants at either one of those at Whistler? Do you have any favorite places? Yes. Um, yes. Um, so Whistler is um, phenomenal because at the bottom of Blackcomb, you have the Fairmont and it, pretty much that lounge of the Fairmont is the perfect upper ski. Um, also during the holidays, they kind of transform the whole of the Fairmont in basically like a children's playland. So all the conference rooms on the right become uh, indoor parks, indoor hangouts for the kids. They do crafts and all the fun stuff. Um, so the Fairmont does a really great job with that, like upper ski, you know, everything from drinks and foods and appetizers and yummy cheese plates and all the delicious things. Um Aroxy is obviously a, a highly coveted restaurant in, in Whistler, and it's phenomenal, um, super chef-driven. Um, the uh, firecracker margaritas, some of the best margaritas you'll have in your life at the Aroxy. Um, in Big Sky, um, Horn and Cantle is sort of like the nicest restaurant. It's at the Lone um, Mountain <laughs> Ranch, yes. This is actually the first year that I actually got my act together uh, early enough to reserve a sleigh ride dinner, which I had never done. Um, we've been going there for seven years and I have never been able to get it because I'm always delayed. Um, so we finally did it this year and it was lovely. It was phenomenal. They they take you up on a sleigh up to this beautiful little thing. You've done it, right? It's amazing. No, you're, you're, uh, it's a sleigh drawn horse drawn carriage through the snow off into the field and they cook over an old cast iron wood stove. Um, and there's a cowboy, I think it's been the same cowboy for a hundred years who sings cowboy songs while in between courses. It's amazing. Yes. It's absolutely phenomenal. I, I think uh, there's a one and only coming in Big Sky. They just announced it. Uh, Montage is there. We went for drinks um, and it's lovely. It's overlooking the mountain on on the backside of, of Southern Comfort and um, Sacagawea and all of those lifts. Um, but yes, it's in Spanish Peaks, which is a private community. Um, but it's uh, it, it's lovely. The spa, the Montage is amazing. Um, really, really nice as, as most are. The one in Deer Valley is as phenomenal. So... Thank you to our sponsor, Mabel's Labels. Mabel's Labels durable and waterproof labels are a ski mom's must-have. Keep your kids organized and easily identify their equipment at lessons, practice, or races. Simply peel and stick the personalized label on all your ski gear, including helmets, coats, goggles, and poles. They're guaranteed to last the ski season and beyond. Off the hill, Mabel's labels are perfect for labeling any items that go to school, like water bottles, lunch containers, clothes, shoes, and backpacks. 
Simply go to mabelslabels.com to personalize your own and use code SKIMOMS at checkout for 15% off your first purchase. Exclusions apply. Code is not valid on stamp, reflective, or sale items. Let's take a quick break. Spring is here, and we know even after the snow melts, ski moms love to play outside. Skeeta, our favorite Vermont outdoor accessory brand, has you covered as the seasons change. This spring, Skeeta is celebrating its 16th birthday with fresh prints like the pastel, whimsical, and plein air collection. Our favorite pieces include the throwback headbands. This headband is made to keep hair and sweat off your face. The single-ply design gathers neatly in the back for maximum styling. Wear it scrunched or lay it flat. It's your perfect partner for any activity where you want a great pop of color and style with minimal fuss. For sunny days, we we adore the Skeeta brim hat. This five-panel camp hat is the perfect grab-and-go companion. Made in a lightweight, water-repellent material, this hat is ideal for hiking, camping, and the beach. Whether you are cheering the kids on at a lacrosse game, exploring with your girlfriends, or simply walking in the woods with your loyal pup, Skeeta accessories are there to make Ski Mom life more fun. Save 15% off your order with code SKIMOMS15 at checkout. And now back to our show. Let's talk about skiing in California. I've never been to Mammoth and I really want to know what it's like. What is the scene like? You know, in Vermont uh, from on weekends, like you can see the cars coming from New York and New Jersey. There's a line of them. And then from Boston, they're, you know, they're trailing in from another direction. Is that the same thing in LA? And are they all Teslas? And is everybody <laughs> drinking like juicing as they're doing it? You know, uh, do they have their headshots on the on the car windows? There's definitely, um, Mammoth is definitely uh, much like that in the sense that you do have a lot of people that drive in for sure. Um, there's also a good amount of people that have places there just because um, LA is so close and um, Mammoth does get some really amazing dumps. Um, I remember going two years ago and there was literally snow about seven feet high on the sides of the road. Um, but Mammoth is, Mammoth is a great mountain. Mammoth is a good, awesome mountain. Um, I choose not to ski on Saturdays at Mammoth because it's psychotic and everybody and their mother is on the mountain. And I don't enjoy that. I don't like lines. I don't like people. I don't want to stay in line. I don't want to be with a bunch of people. It's just a lot. And we're talking lines that are like 45 minutes long. Like that's what I mean by lines. Um, and uh, I go to June, actually, on Saturdays. June is significantly less crowded. There's not a lot of people there. Um, it's easy. It's also a super kind of spread mountain. So once you kind of get to one or two of the trails, you're kind of off to the side and you can, it's beautiful. You've got views of June Lake right in front of you. It's absolutely stunning. Let's talk about founding your agency, because it doesn't sound like you came from an entrepreneurial background, but yet here you are running your own agency. So tell us a little bit about Connect and how you uh, started it. Um, yeah, I wish I had like one of those really great entrepreneurial stories where, you know, I have figured it out that I can do it better and I had a solution and I had a plan. And um, the reality is I had none of that. Um, I am a really, really, really shitty employee. I have a massively opinionated self um, and clearly no filter at any point in time. Um, so with that, um, 
I got fired from my job because I told them what they didn't want to hear, which really was the truth. And, um, and they were like, well, goodbye. And I was like, okay, bye. But then of course I got in my car and it all kind of like sunk in that, um, that I no longer have a job and what the heck am I going to do with my life? And at the time I was married, I didn't have children. So it was a little bit less sort of stressful. Right. And I was like, ah, I guess I can figure it out. And then the, the two clients that I, that I had called me and they said, well, you know, wherever you're going, we want to go. And I was like, well, I'm going home. So I doubt you really want to join me on that path. And they're like, no, 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 it's going to be fine. Like you'll figure it out. Um, And I actually tried everything possible to not own a business. I paid somebody for two years, 70% of everything I brought in to not own a business. And I only used their name and agency name to basically house my quote unquote clientele. Um, so it was, it's crazy to think now that I did that. Um, but I did because I just didn't want to start a business. I wanted nothing to do with running a business. Um, and it was, and it continues to be probably one of the hardest things to do. Um, and I, I stand by that. It's, it's crazy every day. So how old are your children? And you said that your daughter is a snowboarder and is your son a skier? Yes. Um, my daughter is, um, 11. Um, and a half going on 17,000 and a half. Uh, my son is uh, nine. Um, so you, how many people are working at connect now? How big is your, um, your company? Um, I think a little over 60. That's, that's a very large number. That is a lot of people. So that's one of my questions is how do you carve out your travel time, your vacation time. Are you working when you're skiing? Are you kind of doing calls and then you're going for some runs? How are you balancing that? Yeah, I, uh, I'm of the firm belief that, um, balance is what you make of and balance to me has never meant I'm on PTO or I'm on vacation and therefore I'm not available for two days. Like that just never was. I, I gave birth while on a conference call. I made um, calls from the top of Mount Kilimanjaro and made, you know, client connections. Like to me, work and life, like just blend. So skiing for me has, has been the same. And weirdly enough, even before work from home, I was traveling so much for work and I was always on a plane um, that it didn't matter whether I'm making my, you know, seven, nine hours a day or 10 hours or 12 hours a day of work from the slopes or from New York while I'm visiting my New York office. Um, so I think depending on, on the weekend, the day, I just kind of chunk hours. So I'll say, okay, today I have nothing in the morning, so I'm just going to get out. I'm going to be on the lift at nine when they open, or I'm going to do early tracks, you know, at eight and I'll get out by like 11 perfect timing. I'm hungry anyway by then. And I got a good three hours of skiing in and I'm just going to, you know, or powder if it's powder. And then I'll be like, okay, now I'm going to sit down and I'm going to do, you know, three hours of work. And then I'm going to enjoy upper ski with my kids and go in the hot tub and whatever. And then I'm going to do two hours of work afterwards. We do family days where we all ski together, my husband, myself, and the kids. And we all just go together for the day and we enjoy the day together. And we all do the same thing, whatever it is that we're doing, we're doing the same thing. Um, on really good powder days, what we like to do, um, we like to, um, 
uh, get get a guide. So then we can go in like areas that we would otherwise not go by ourselves in. Um, but yeah, and then and then obviously they they love to do like ski school, quote unquote, um, just because they know all the instructors and they have a lot of fun and they just meet kids from all over the country and they just get to make new friends and they love doing that. What does the apres ski look like? So maybe as a family and then maybe if it's just you and your husband. I think it depends where we're at. Um, probably the best apres ski we've ever done in our lives was in France in Val d'Isère, where it is absolutely in the Travalet, some of the best. I mean, my kids have videos of themselves like dancing on tables and and literally living their best lives at like 4.30 in the afternoon at La Folie Deuce. And they all have La Folie Deuce hats on and they're just like, just living it up. Well, we're yeah. very aware of your time constraints. So thank you so much, Sabina, you um, so much for your for resources and your wisdom. So much fun. And uh, we will look for you. Um, if it's powdery, we'll look for you on a snowboard. And if it's icy, we'll look for you on skis the next time we're out at Big Sky. Thank you so much for having me. It's always so uh, so wonderful. You're an inspiration to me with how much you're doing with your girls and how much they're on skis. So I'm always challenging my, my children to do more. Um, and I'm always looking at all the amazing days that you're getting. So I'm definitely very jealous. Well, you're right there with me. Um, and we will <laughs> hope to get, get out there together eventually one of these days. Yes. So thank you one for day. your time. And we will hope to ski with you soon. We're so excited to tell you about the Ski Mom's Cookbook. As a Ski Mom, I'm always looking for new recipes to add to my rotation. And we all know that a well-fueled family is the foundation for a great ski day. But it can be hard to come up with new ideas, and there's nothing better than getting a tried-and-true recipe from a friend. That's why we've made the Ski Mom's Cookbook. It's a collection of 36 favorite recipes from Ski Moms. Everything from hearty pre-ski breakfasts to lunch at the lodge slow cooker dinners, and even apres ski cocktails. I just made the chia pudding dessert and it was a huge hit. Check out skimomsfun.com slash store to purchase your own digital copy. 20% of sales goes to the Share Winter Foundation. Thank you so much for listening to the Ski Moms Fun Podcast. Please be sure to subscribe wherever you listen to podcasts. Head to the SkiMomsFun.com website to check out our swag and find out more about our community. And be sure to follow us on Instagram at SkiMomsFun. We'll be back next week with more interviews and insights. Thanks, Snow. No one works as hard as a ski mom. With Mother's Day right around the corner, we want to remind everyone to shop the Ski Moms gift guide for the best ideas. These are the gifts we want to give and get for Mother's Day. Prices range from under $10 for simple treats like notepads to big splurges like a new boot bag. Remember, the big day is Sunday, May 12th, so you want to shop now to make sure everything gets there in time for mom. Visit the SkiMomsFun.com gift guides page or click the link in show notes to see our picks for this year. Make it easy for your kids, partner, or spouse and just forward them the link. Or better yet, treat yourself to something from our expertly curated Ski Mom wish list. Remember, visit SkiMomsFun.com and look for the gift guide page.